Karen Owlett was shrieking. Will slammed on the brakes, almost colliding with the UPS truck in front of them. You're going to kill me before those Chinese gangsters get their chance, she cried. The windshield was filled with blood. No, just the red of sunrise. He was obligated now to save this woman, like some higher power had a phone line directly to his brain and could ring him up and say, hey, by the way, here's your next assignment. He didn't answer Karen as she prattled on, protesting. The evil emanating off the man in this vision. Will hadn't experienced anything like it since his very first vision, which was of his tormentor, the executioner. The executioner was a man who was apparently himself psychic, much more so than Will, an almost godlike figure in Will's psyche. A man who seemed happy to play cat and mouse with Will, a man who seemed to be able to enter his dreams, who called Will's cell from thoroughly untraceable numbers once or twice a year and left cryptic messages, letting Will know he was being, if not directly watched, somehow monitored. Will tried, mostly, to forget the executioner existed. Now this. And as Karen Owlett retreated into a fuming pout, sinking deep into the passenger seat, arms tightly crossed, a new thought hit Will. What if this vision was of the executioner himself? What if this was the final showdown? something the executioner had been building up to all these seven years of toying with him. Will's brain went numb as he continued forward, the huge glass structure of the Sandra Day O'Connor courthouse only a mile away. The sun slunk higher into the sky. He wasn't ready for this showdown. He had a witness to protect. The blood, the evil man's grin, this woman, a person in danger. And what was the worst that could happen? He would give his life protecting, serving, had sworn to do so. And given that fact, what power did the executioner really have? Will drove another block, stopped at the intersection even though there was no sign, no light. What the hell are you doing? Karen asked. She started looking wildly around, out the windows. Did you see something? Then, more directly, eyes boring into him, am I in danger? No, Will said. He almost said something stupid like, but my soul is, or but everything I'm about is if I don't take action. Instead, he put his foot on the gas, slow and even. He had to be methodical about this, had to think. The way his visions worked, there was zero pattern, no reason, screw any rhyme, but there was always insight. But all he had was a hotel room, a bathroom, a bloody, naked, evil man with a knife, a bound woman in peril. What to do with Karen Owlett? Play that by ear. She was a smart woman, surely used to thinking on her feet. So many hotels in this downtown district. What was he supposed to do? go up to every hotel receptionist in the city, ask, so, have any serial killers checked in lately? No time for that. He was missing something. Karen, sulking next to him, pissy, asking why he was going so slow, why he was scanning the buildings instead of getting her to court. 
Karen, so used to be taken care of, Will realized, not just by U.S. Marshals and other law enforcement on these witness junkets, but by corporations, by CNN, by pharmaceutical companies, by hospitals and universities, by men aspiring to sleep with her, by women aspiring to be her, aspiring to rise to her level, aspiring to somehow commune with her. Not that she didn't deserve every last bit of it, what did the captive woman in the hotel room deserve? Surely not what she was experiencing. But how the hell was Will supposed to find her? The radio was playing advertisements. Will had tuned them out, but now the announcer was exhorting the audience to tune into Channel 22 at 8 a.m. for a full update. Page 228. 22.8 miles per hour. Channel 22 at 8 a.m. She was in room 228 in a hotel somewhere. He was sure of it, probably nearby.